You're listening to episode 48 of the Broken Glass Podcast, Overcoming Industry Shifts and Stigmas with Katie Cordy. You're listening to the Broken Glass Podcast, a podcast with a mission to highlight women in the music industry through their stories, from their successes to their trials and tribulations. We'll share tools and resources available to you to make your music dream job come to life or to start that business you've always wanted to own. But most of all, you'll be a part of the Broken Glass community where we support and encourage each other and open the doors to working in music. I'm your host, Christy Jacobson, entrepreneur, music lover, wonderluster, and dreamer. Welcome to the show. Okay, today I have Katie Cordy with me. Um, she is the singer and bass player for Electric Soul Duo Desperate Electric. So welcome to the podcast, Katie. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to have you here. So let's just kind of dive right in and just, um, you know, talk about you, what you're doing right now. And we'll kind of go back a little bit. So um, tell me a little bit about Desperate Electric and, and what you're working on right now. Yeah. So um, Desperate Electric is my band um, that I co-front with my partner, Ben. Um, and we started out originally as like a four-piece rock band with the intent to tour. Um, Ben's been in bands his whole life. I was in another band with him um, and we just, we really, we love it. We love playing music. We love playing shows for people. That's where our hearts are. And so we wanted to get on the road and tour full time and started out as a four piece rock band. And then um, kind of as things progressed, you know, touring is difficult. <laughs> Touring's really, really hard. Yes. Um, we wanted to do it full time. So that's, you know, full time you're on the road pretty much most of the year and it, it became difficult to convince people to live in a van with you for really not a lot of money and just drive around all day just to play shows. So then uh, um, about a year ago, we actually uh, kicked off the two piece full time. Okay. And so it's, um, you know, you are the bass player and, um, and the singer. So what does your, your partner do? He sings as well, and then he plays guitar and keyboard. He switches between, and then he does all of our production. So he makes all, all of our drum beats or, like, plays, records all of our drums, um, pre-record. Okay. And he, he does all of that. He's, like, got this crazy space station with his guitars and his keyboard, <laughs> the drum equipment. It's, it's pretty crazy. I feel like I don't do anything, just playing bass and sing. I have so much less equipment. Do, like, you know, I <laughs> set up in, like, five minutes, and he's got, like, a whole situation that he has to throw together but um yeah 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 so it's the two of us yeah yeah well and that must be difficult for you right now because of you know no touring no shows it's you know sounds like you spent most of your time just just touring yeah so pretty much as of last march we've been touring full-time like i quit my other job a year like a march a year ago march 2019 and haven't had another job, an additional job to touring since then. Um, and we were actually in Colorado. We had just played like a weekend of shows in Colorado. Um, Ben's brother lives there. And so we were just hanging out when all of like the pandemic hit. And so and we had, um, we were about to leave on a month long tour. And then actually uh, this on Friday, we were supposed to kick off our album release tour, which was two months coast to coast. Um, so yeah, we're, we're kind of, uh, you know, in it with everybody else here. Nobody's going anywhere, which is very different for us. Cause for the last year, we've pretty much been on the road full time. Right. I, mean, I imagine you're probably getting cabin fever at this point, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, we, um, moved into a house in Missoula, Montana, um, with some good friends and there's actually a studio here. So that's been hugely beneficial for us. Like being able to create has been our saving grace. Cause I'm not sure what we would do if we couldn't play shows or like had a really decent setup to make music, like something more than just like demos, you know, like we're able to actually record stuff here, which is really, really nice. I don't know what we would do without that. I think we'd be going even yeah. crazier. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask if you'd had to, you know, kind of pivot and, and you know, change your plans up. Up and it sounds like you've been able to really make do with with what you've got for you know keeping yourself busy right now. Um, have you been doing any live streams and and really getting in front of your audience that way? 
Yeah, we've been doing live streams um, pretty much every Saturday since quarantine started, um, with the exception of last weekend, just because we, um, last night actually, we played like a, like an album release show live stream. It was ticketed and it was really fun. We did it through Zoom so like we could see everybody too, which was just really, really special to like see a bunch of people from all over the country that, um, you know, we get to see because of touring, but we haven't been able to see, we haven't been able to go and play those shows. And to just to see them last night and play our new album that we released on Friday, it was really, really special. But the live streams have been great too. We've, um, we've done quite a few of those actually. And it's a really, it's super strange to be completely honest. <laughs> just so weird. Like last night we got done, we were like, yeah, that was great, but so weird. Like that's kind of our, realizing that that's our new normal is just kind of setting in and it feels really strange that you know we're not in front of a live audience we're not there's all these other moving pieces like things we never thought we'd have to do like how to you know run an interface into zoom so that everything sounds good like just crazy stuff yeah but i mean at least we have now that kind of technology where we're not just totally stuck you know like we can connect online and, and connect with audiences. And um, I think that's cool that you said you, you ticketed the, the, the concert. Um, I know I've seen a lot of artists, they'll play on, you know, Facebook live or, or Instagram live, and then they'll put their PayPal link or their, their Venmo link up for tips. But that's pretty cool that you were able to ticket it. Yeah. So, I mean, it is, it's insane and incredible that we're even able to do that, you know, like, because, even like five years ago, I don't think we would have been able to stay in like this, this good of touch with the world and with our fans and with people because of how technology has progressed. Like it's incredible that we can host a Zoom meeting and run all of our, you know, inputs into that. So it sounds like a show. It's not just like crappy computer audio mm -hmm. going in, you know, like it's inputs going into the computer and then we can actually see the people that are there. That was really cool. Um, and we, you know, it was our album release. We wanted to make it more special. And I'm really like, I was, it took a lot of research and picketing and stuff like that. Cause we've definitely done the Instagram, Facebook lives and just like, you know, virtual tip jar Venmo, which has been amazing. Like people, I can't even believe how generous people are, especially like in times of crisis. Like I know so many people that are out of work right now. It's not just the music industry. It's tons of people. It doesn't really matter what your job is. Nobody's right. doing anything. And people have been so incredibly generous. Like we just, we feel so lucky. Like last night was just kind of the icing on the cake. Like the people that tuned in and bought tickets and we got to see their faces while we were playing. That was pretty special. Yeah. That's great to hear it. And that you, you know, instead of just giving up and saying, well, I can't go on tour. So we're just gonna, you know, sit here and do nothing <laughs> that you really, you know, you took advantage of those tools and you really, you were able to shift and to pivot, which, you know, some people, you know, and, and whether it's, they just don't want to, or they don't know how to use the technology or, you know, a lot of people, their, their, you know, mental health isn't really there and you, you go through these swings, but the fact that you were able to just say, let, you know, let's, let's pivot, let's do this, let's keep going, you know, despite everything that's going on and, and, you know, that, that people are willing to, to support you during this. That's, that's really cool to hear. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's kind of take it back a little bit. How did you get started in music? How did you, you know, form the band together back when, you know, you had it as the four, the four piece. Um, I'm always just curious to hear people's, um, you know, how they got into music and their story. Yeah. Um, so I, I've been singing my entire life, like since I could speak, I, I've been making noise. Like my mom likes to say that I started talking and never shut up. Like it's just been a constant for me. And I've been singing publicly since I was seven. I used to sing the national anthem at sporting events and rodeos. I grew up in Montana. So, you know, rodeoing is a huge part of the culture I grew up in, um, and stuff like that and then when I got into like middle school and high school I got very very into classical music and I started taking voice lessons and sang in like every ensemble choirs jazz choirs like anything I could find um and I just loved it so much and I went to um college and I started out as a music education major and I sang again in like every ensemble I was doing you know 
private voice studio singing like three or four hours a day. Like I've just, I've always been a singer. That's like where my heart totally, totally is. Um, and then like halfway through college, I had that moment that I think a lot of people have that it's like, oh my God, the career path I put myself on is incorrect. This is not what I want to do forever. Um, I can't, you know, like that feels like a lot to sign up to do one thing for the rest of your life, you know, to like get a degree and commit to being like, it feels really heavy as like a 19 year old or 20 year old. You're like, Oh no. Oh no. How do I like change this? So I kind of, um, pivoted and I stayed, um, like in all my ensembles and kept singing, but I changed my major to interior design kind of on a whim. Um, and just, you know, stayed, stayed in choir, but, started doing like a little bit less music. And I think that was really good because for a long time, I just like, that was literally, it was all consuming for me. It was like the classical music thing. Um, and I think kind of taking a bit, a break from that was really healthy and just singing with people and like making that the root of it. Um, but then when I graduated college, because I wasn't going into music, that's not what my degree ended up being in. I didn't really know what I was going to do. I didn't know if I was going to like sing more. I mean, or what, you know, there's not really, there's not a lot of like groups that like besides like church choir or something that are for people that don't do it like as their job full time. Um, You know, unless you're going to go into like singing in like an opera ensemble or something for like a touring show or whatever that may be. And so I just kind of, I didn't really know where I was going to go with music next. I didn't really have a plan for it. Um, And so I just kind of stopped for like six months. I didn't like sing really or make any music or do anything. And um, Ben was in a band in college and we, we'd been dating for a couple of years at this point. And um, I used to go to band practice and apparently I made a, one or two many comments about what I thought they should be doing differently <laughs> um, to sound better. And the, the lead singer, the other singer um, in that band, like took Ben to lunch and was like, um, so your girlfriend either needs to join the band or not come to practice because it's really, <laughs> like it's, it's kind of bringing us down. Like, I know she's right, but you know, she just can't come and just sit there and say stuff. And so Ben came home from that lunch and told me what um, our friend had said. And I was like, well, screw it. I'm going to join the band and play (laughs) with his band that night. And just like, it totally, like, that was the first time I'd ever sang with a band and it totally changed my life. I was like, this is what I'm going to do now. Um, And so we spent the next six months playing in that band. And then right at the beginning of 2018, Ben and I started writing songs together um, and I'd never been a songwriter before. So it was a very, a very new adventure for me. And we started writing songs together and we were like, we, we really like these. We think it's really special, but I don't think they're for the band that we're currently in. Like it was kind of a different genre. It was um, led more primarily by me singing versus the other singer that was in this band um, and Ben and I together and our chemistry together was like a big part of these songs. And so we decided we wanted to start our own project and something that we could tour full time with and, you know, try to make a go of it. And yeah, we never really looked back. We started off with, it was me singing and Ben playing guitar and keyboard and singing. And we had a bassist and a drummer um, for like the first nine months to a year. And we recorded an album and we played a bunch of shows. We went on a little tour. um, And then our bassist, you know, is an adult with a full-time job. And he's like, so I can't tour and uh, just like basically go on a, you know, free, but vacation. Like you're not making much money. Like it was our first tour. He was like, I can't do that full-time. Like I have a mortgage and a dog and a life, which is totally (laughs) understandable. Like, and then... Um, we replaced our bass player and then our drummer quit. And basically the first six months of last year was Ben and I trying to piece together some form of a band to keep touring. Like from January to May, all we did was hunt for drummers and 
last March, I picked up the bass. We were headed out on a tour, didn't have a bass player. And Ben was like, you got to put something in your hands now. Like you gotta, you've got to do this because <laughs> otherwise I don't, we can't really have a drummer and no bass player and a guitar player. And I was like, yeah, I guess you're right. So uh, yeah, it's been crazy. The last two years have been particularly like insane because it feels like it's been a lot longer. Like it feels like much more time has passed than what's actually passed because we've been through quite a bit, like so much transition from that first album and that first year as a band. Um, and then it all fell apart and we just, we tried for so long to piece it back together. And then last May when we finally decided it was just going to be the two of us, it was just like this weight was off of our shoulders and we've just been touring full time ever since and haven't really looked back. Like there's not been one moment where, where we're like, we wish it were different. I think we fought it for a long time because we both had this vision of like the rock band, you know, you want the thing that you want. We wanted to be like a four piece rock band. It's fun. It's so much fun to play with a band and a good band. Our, our players were really good. It was just a great time. But I think just the weight of knowing that like nobody else is in, can be in control of your dream and your goals that was the thing that made us like so okay with transitioning to the duo. It was like for so long, other people had been a factor in us like achieving our goals and doing the thing we wanted to do. And now it's just the two of us. And it's just been so, so much more fun and so much more relaxing and easier. I mean, we just, we travel around full time together and play shows to people like five nights a week. It's really hard, but it's so much fun. And it's, so amazing that we get to do it together yeah it sounds like it's a lot you said a lot of fun um and then you know you've been able to really kind of create the lifestyle that you want right right yeah. and you're not reliant on other people and you know it, as an adult it is it is hard to to do things like that like i'd love to go travel the world but i'm like but i gotta make money somehow <laughs> right so yeah. you know and, and you see a lot of bands too um you know a lot of bands that like you know, I grew up with and they'll do like a, a two week West coast tour. And then, you know, a couple months later, they'll do like a two week East coast tour. Um, you know, cause that's when they can all get together right. and, and take time because they've got their own, you know, full-time jobs and, and responsibilities and kids now. And, um, it's, it's, it's interesting to watch, but they still want to come out and play, which is pretty cool. But, you know, to make that full time, like you have to be making like, you know, you know, especially when you have a bigger band, you know, you got to right. be making money every night and, and you, you know, have to feed those people and you have to have somewhere to stay. I mean, with the two of us and because we're like together, um, we just, we live in our van and it, you know, it's, we can keep two people on the road. We do it full time. You know, we treat it like our full-time job. We play four to six nights a week, like, you know, a real job. We're working all those hours. And we can sustainably do that with the two of us. But even adding in like one extra person, like we've gone on tour as a three-piece van and even just the one extra person, because you can't sleep in the van with three people. Right. Like, and that wouldn't be, you could do it like once and then you'd all hate each other. And, <laughs> you know, you, feeding another person and just like making sure that their needs are met. Like even that is really difficult. Um, you know, you, it would have to be either that like absolutely perfect person, like, you know, somebody that just feels, feels like they fit or it just, it's so easy with the two piece compared to like any other size. Like we have friends bands, they play in like five, six, seven piece bands and they go on tours, like smaller ones, but still I can't imagine being on the road with like six other people like that sounds insane. I just don't know. I don't know how anybody does it. Cause it's hard with two people. Yeah. Like it's fun, but it's really hard and it's yeah. exhausting. Like it is, yeah. I've never been more tired in my life than like when we finish, you know, a five, six, seven week tour. Like I, I could sleep for days after that. Like it's just so, it's so much travel and it's so many late nights and early mornings and just trying to do that and stay sane and like deal with other humans. Like it's, we feel really lucky that we get to do it together, but also like the just doing it, the two of us 
it takes off a lot of the pressure because we don't really feel like we have to be fun and, and like exciting all the time. And like, have, we don't have to be like the life of the party every night. It's just the two of us, you know, like we're just, we're out there. All we want to do is play the shows. And so it's just, yeah, we feel really lucky. Yeah. And, you know, it sounds like you've really, you know, started to think of, of this as your business and you've made a lot of smart, you know, business decisions around it. And one of the things that I talk about on the podcast a lot is, is being a musicpreneur and, and putting yourself into that entrepreneurial mindset, understanding when, you know, you need to say outsource a certain piece, like you need to outsource marketing because maybe that's something you don't like, or it's not your, your skill or, you know, for you really thinking on the lines of, okay, if we have another person, then we have to think about hotel costs and, you know, feeding them and how much are they going to be paid. So it sounds like you've really been able to put yourself into that kind of mindset. Yeah. I mean, I think, I just firmly believe that if you want to do something like so badly, you need to just do it. Like when Ben and I started to tour full time, we just, we wanted to tour full time. Like if you want something to be your job, you have to make it your job. Like nobody's going to make it your job for you. And if you don't start doing it full time, like it won't just be that overnight. Like I so strongly believe that if you want something, you just have to do it because if you're, if you're smart and you, you know, you try really hard to make the right calls and you don't put yourself in like sketchy situations <laughs> and you really, you know, you think about it like a business, like it's not, it's not going to truly fail, you know, like as long as you treat it like your job, like, I think that's why we've had, we've been able to keep it on the road and like have, I say success very lightly. Like it's not like we're wildly successful rolling in the dough, but you know, we've been successful in that we, we can do this full time. We don't, we have not reached that point where we're like, okay, well we're out of money and we have to go home. We've always treated it like our business. And I think that that's one of the reasons we were able to start touring so quickly from the formation of the band to the time we started touring was less than a year. Like we, we started the band and a year later we were touring full time. And that's because we've always treated it like a business and always like put the business interests ahead of our own. Like Ben and I don't pay ourselves. Like we pay ourselves by feeding ourselves, you know, like that's our, that's how we pay ourselves. Um, Everything else we've always put back into the business. Like that's what you have to do. You have to treat it like a startup basically. Um, And I think that's so important. Like if you want it to be your job, you have to make it your job and you have to treat it like your job because it's really, it would be really easy to not, it'd be really easy to just like, split the money in half after every show and just like hope for the best and you know have a good time but I think that I don't know I don't know our method it may not be right and it may not work forever but it's working for now and I don't really there's no like guidebook on this like nobody everybody like that I've talked to most musicians are like eh we don't know we're just doing it like we're just winging it (laughs) we're doing our best it's like yep that's pretty much pretty much where we're at so but I think if you just yeah job, you know yeah and when you find what works you know and that that works for you and and um you know you did mention too that you know you're you're not really concerned about being like the life of the party so you see a lot of these bands that will you know they'll play the show and they go party and then you know but then they got to get up and do it all all over again and drive to wherever. And, and it sounds like you guys have really, you know, you've got that very strong business sense where this is my job. Let me treat it as my job, you know? And I mean, then I just, I can't I'm imagine not going to go party. And no, I mean, once in a great while, you know, if we've really had like a, a, a big old blowout and we don't have anything to do the next day, like, of course, like, of course yeah. we want to go have fun. Of course we want to be the life of the party. Like our job is to be the life of the party. Right. <laughs> It is hard to like turn that off afterwards, but also like to me that just like my, for my own mental health and my own sanity, that lifestyle would not be sustainable. Like I, I look at people and I have no idea how they're pulling that off because for me personally, it's like, if I don't get seven hours of sleep, I can't function. I'm like a toddler. So I just same way. (laughs) I literally like, I don't know. I don't know how they do it. Like our typical day is, I feel like we're so lame. Like we play the show and then we go to bed wherever. Like we we're really lucky with that. We have a lot of friends and family all over the country. So 
we don't have to sleep in the van that much. There's like a few states where we don't know anybody. And so we're van sleeping quite a bit, but we either go to wherever we're staying and then, or sleep in the van. And then we like get up and go to the gym. And then we go work at a coffee shop for like two to four hours, you know, booking, marketing, whatever it may be. And then we drive and then we play the show. Like it's so, it sounds so lame when we tell people what we do because they think we're out here like, you know, just globe trotting, partying, <laughs> seeing everything, meeting cool new people, which is part of it. It's definitely part of it, but it's such a small part compared to the like the Walmart parking lots and the planet fitnesses we see and the Starbucks. I'd say that's like 80% of what we do. It's like <laughs> those three places besides the show. So it's like, but I think that that's why we've been able to keep doing it is because we have our system. We're okay with being like a little bit lame because we just want to play the shows. That's the most important part. And so as long as we're able right. to do that, I'll pretty much do whatever it takes to make that happen. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great way. And like, I, you know, I've been thinking about, you know, eventually, you know, trying to, to work remote and, and, you know, build, build my business up to the point where I, I can just travel, but then, you know, it's, it's the kind of same kind of thing where it's like, that's great, but I need to spend time either in a coffee shop doing work or, you know, going, you know, getting a place that has Wi-Fi so I can do work. And it's not all about, you know, the travel portion and you actually have to sit down and, you know, you kind of have to, you know, put that, that schedule into place. Right. And say, yeah. okay, from this time to this time, this is what I'm going to be doing. And then I have this time to explore to, you know, wherever you are, you know, to, to see the place or meet new people. But, you know, it's, it's, it's your, your job, it's your career. So you really have to put that system into place. And it sounds like you guys have a, a great system there. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so you just released um, a new record. Um, is it an EP or an LP? It's an LP. It's full length. Okay. Yeah. So tell me, tell me a little bit more about that. And, and, you know, were you working on that on the road or, you know, do you, when you record albums, do you just take some time off and, and, and sit and record it? And, and then also the, you know, the kind of the, the marketing piece behind it. Cause I'm sure, you know, a lot of people, you know, we have a lot of listeners that are, are songwriters and artists too, and, and everybody seems to do it differently. So I'm always just kind of curious to get a little bit insight into, you know, what other people are doing and how they make it work. Yeah. Um, so we, I mean, because we're on the road full time, we have to write songs on the road. Um, so we do that quite a bit. I'd say like we write a bunch on the road because we're on the road all the time and we have to write. Um, sometimes we go through phases where we're like, we'll write a lot or we won't write at all. Like there's not really any in between. Um, mm -hmm. And we wrote a lot last July and August. Like we pretty much wrote, I would say like 90% of the record um, in like June, July and August last year on the road. And then we really didn't like touch any of those songs until we went into the studio and we decided um, to take the whole month of December off last year because um we t we played some shows in montana in december the year before and like almost died twice because of like horrible road conditions Ooh. and so we were just like we are we're not doing that we're not going anywhere in december i don't want to drive around like we live in the north the northwest ben's family's from idaho mine's from montana like wherever we're spending the holidays the weather's gonna suck and so we just decided to put a pin in that and not tour at all. We'd been touring pretty much all of last year. And we took the first two weeks of December and went to a studio in Astoria, Oregon, where one of Ben's best friends is um, kind of one of the house engineers there. Um, and we just for two weeks straight, like 14 straight days, went, were in the studio, like 12, 14 hour days just recording um we just took like all the songs we had a bunch of songs from like i said like last summer um and even prior to that there was like some stuff we dug up like that ben had written a long time ago and we just loved there was a couple songs that ben and i wrote um in december of 2018 that we had been playing but we we've never recorded them and so we just went and we recorded pretty much like a song and a half a day for 14 days or for like 12 days. And then the last two days we mixed. Um, 
but that was like our whole recording experience. And we hadn't ever done anything like that before, like where it's super intense for 14 straight days. Like we've always done like, oh, record for a weekend and then the next weekend we go in and mix or record a song one day, mix it and then go back like a few days later, record another song, mix it the next day, like kind of chunked it up like that. We, we'd never, neither of us had ever gone in and just like recorded for four, like 12 days straight, basically. Like <laughs> every day we'd get up and go to the studio and bust out at least one entire song because we wanted 15 songs. We wanted all, like we had our list and we wanted all those songs on the record. Um, and so we just knew that that was the pace we were going to have to work at if we wanted to finish them. Um, and we, you know, I'm really impressed that we were able to do it. It was just the three of us. It was, it was just Ben and I, and then our friend Nevada, who's the engineer. And so it was like the three of us stuck together for 12 hours a day, like every for 14 <laughs> days. Um, but that was a great experience. I loved doing it like that because we just got to put like our whole selves in the, into the recording process. Like we didn't, we didn't do any booking. We didn't do anything else. Like no other work. We kind of just said we weren't, we're not going to do that. We're not going to worry about that. We just want to go in and like make a great record and put our whole selves into this. And I, I love how that process was. And I love how it turned out because of it. Like to me, I can hear like how much we worked on everything and how like how creative we were able to get because we weren't you know doing anything else and i just i loved it i loved doing that um and then yeah we just we finished it after those two weeks and we had like one other round of mixes i think and then the mastering like it was a pretty quick process we got so much done while we were there um but i don't know that was my favorite way that i've ever recorded just because I work really well with deadlines. Like I'm, it's really hard for me to accomplish anything unless there's like a hard and fast, even like a self-imposed, like this has to be done by this day. And so like knowing like, all right, we have until December 15th and these have, like there's not an option. Like I think that that really helped like fuel us and like revved us up in a way of like, all right, let's just buckle down and get it done. You know, I think the reason, you know, you guys were able to make it so quick is because it was just you and your engineer, right? And, you know, you hear about people who, you know, they have a producer, they have this person, they have that person, and they're all putting their thoughts and opinions in. And while that can be great, sometimes when it's just you and you know what you want and you know how you want it to sound, you're able to just dive right in and get it done. Yeah. You know, you're not, you know, oh, well, try this now and try that and, you know, let's do this instead. And, you know, I've, I talked to somebody yesterday too, it was very similar. She's like, you know, I'm, I'm a producer myself. I know what I want. I went in with somebody so they could help me with it, but it was just me and him. Yeah. And I think that I'm, makes a big difference, especially when you know what you want. I agree. Like there was, I mean, some of those songs were like totally, you know, like written, like we knew every single thing we were going to record and put in that song. And some songs were a lot less, finished honestly like we had to write a couple things and we were like writing in the studio too but because it was just Ben and I and then one of our closest friends who also happens to be an amazing audio engineer and producer and so it was just like really comfortable too like we just we all are super comfortable around each other so I think it just gave us that freedom to just like have the ideas do the things without like fear of judgment or somebody else being like well I don't really like that because you know it's people you've known forever and people you know really well and you trust them you trust their opinions like ben's my partner nevada is one of our best friends and he is a musician himself like there was no you know no real like a lot of too many there were not ever too many cooks in the kitchen um which i really liked i just felt like we were able to go you know full steam ahead and just work which was awesome right yeah yeah and it's, it's um uh was i i'm trying to think how to phrase it um you know it's it's you said you had that that comfort level and it's easier you know i've been in, in groups where it's like oh we got to make this decision and you know two hours go by and it's like the decision's not made 
because it's such a big group and everyone's got their own opinions. So right. um, that that's really great that you were able to have that level of comfort and be able to just, nope, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so the album just released and um, you know, you, you did your, your show, your, your live zoom show. Um, what else, you know, as far as like, was like all, all of the promotion in that too, was that all, you know, independent and all done by yourself or did you bring in other people to help you with, with that? Um, we do pretty much like all everything ourselves. Um, this year we, um, hired B squared management to take on just some of our like PR outreach just to like get us more publicity, like interviews like this, they set this up, mm -hmm. um, and like reviews on some of our music, just because that's the thing that like above anything else, the thing that like Ben and I like suck at the most, you know, it's really like, I don't know, you know, I don't know who works at whatever magazine, like I don't have that connection. So right. for me, it's worth it to like outsource that because it's something right now, like we're, we're, we want our album out there. It's worth it to us to afford that because they have to send one email where I probably would have to send like 50 to get two responses and they can send one and get us an interview like that day, you know, just because they already have those connections. And so that's been really valuable and really great with all of our music coming out this spring to like have that, to have review, like people reviewing our music. Like those are just things that weren't really attainable for us on our own. Um, and just kind of the thing that took a, it, it's so like time, time is so valuable to us because we're, you know, that's our business. We we're running our business ourselves. And so just being able to say like, all right, they're going to take care of that. And we don't, that's one less thing that we have to worry about. That's so worth it to me. Cause then I can just focus on the things that I like to do and that I'm good at. Like it's, it's not fun to just keep doing a job that you're like, somebody else is like, would be so much better at this than me. I wish that they could just do it, you know? So it's been, really great to have that this spring but everything else all of our other marketing um our marketing materials and stuff like that we do ourselves all of our social media um yeah so i don't know it's just i i yeah. do that aspect of it it's hard but yeah i was gonna say it kind of goes back to 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 what we talked about but earlier about being, you know, a musicpreneur and, and understanding your business and, you know, you recognize that, you know, you maybe didn't have the connections or the skills, or maybe you just don't particularly like, you know, doing the PR portion of it. So you were able to make that business as a business decision. Somebody else can handle that. And I'm going to focus on what I know how to do and what I do well. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, there's a lot of people out there who really try to do it all. And, and, you know, like you said, you could email, send 50 emails, you'd get two responses, yeah. um, you know, and just really making those smart business decisions. Cause that other person who's doing it all of that, all themselves, yeah, they're saving themselves money, but they're also, you know, spending too much time on it. Right. And maybe they're yeah. losing income in another way. So right. time is money. Like, you know, yes. that's kind of the, end of the game. And so it's if you break it down i think that like you you know we can see the value in spending you know an amount of money to like just have that time back so that we can write music so that we can do our social media we can book shows we can do all the other things we need to do because i you know that's we're, we do everything else ourselves so just even taking one thing right. off the plate has been hugely beneficial just because it then it gets done and i don't you know, you don't have to worry about it. Like it stresses you out less. You have that extra time to like do whatever else it is you need to do. It's just, I think it's really important to like know your limits because I'm a person that I will just do everything. I'll be like, I can do it all. I can figure it out. <laughs> and it's been so like good for my mental health and just like my stress levels to just say like, nope, you know what? That's too much for me. I, somebody else, this is something they do full time they're going to have a way better grasp on this. And I'm just, yeah, I'm going to let them handle it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I want to shift gears a little bit here. Um, we talk on the podcast um, a lot about, you know, your, your story getting to where you are, but we also kind of talk about the struggles that women have in the industry. Um, you know, and it's, it's hard to get in, you know, 
sometimes hard to, to, to get into the industry in general. Um, but I know in certain areas for women, it's even more difficult and we face obstacles and resistance. Um, and I'm just curious if you've come across any of that as, you know, as a singer and as a musician in a band, um, and how you've overcome those, those obstacles and that resistance. Yeah. I mean, it definitely happens. I, was honestly shocked because like I grew up in Montana, I rodeoed, I did all these things and I'd never once ever felt like discriminated against because I was a woman. Like all the men in my life, everybody I know is nothing but like, they're nothing but incredibly supportive of women. Like I'm expected to just do everything. Um, you know, just like get my, get my stuff done, do the stuff. Like I've never, I'd never ever experienced anything like what women in the music industry have to go through. And I didn't really know what that looked like until I started playing in bands. But one of the first negative experiences I had was after I joined Ben's band, this was fall 2017. We were um, getting ready to play a show and we were at the venue. Um, It was just a show in Bozeman where we lived and we were sound checking and Ben wasn't there. He was finishing up like his, you know, table waiting job or whatever it was at the time. Um, And the drummer of that band took it upon himself to like verbally assault me and tell me that the only reason I was in the band was because I was Ben's girlfriend. Nobody wanted me there. Nobody thought I was any good. And he just thought like he had no idea why anybody like would let me stay in the band. And I had never ever been treated like that before in my entire life. I don't think I've ever had somebody come up and just blatantly like verbally attack me like that. And I didn't know what to do. I left, I, I I left the show and I just, nobody, the only other person that saw it was the bass player and he didn't really see the whole thing and he didn't say anything, but no, so nobody else knew what happened. And I just left and I was like, I don't, I don't even know how to handle something like that. Like, what do you do when somebody just comes at you and attacks you for no reason? Like I, especially somebody that's in your band, right? You know, it's like about to play a show with, I was like, what are you trying to do? Um, and so then like later that week after they, like the boys played the show and I like had, I explained to the lead singer and Ben exactly what happened. I was like, look, I'm really sorry. Like I'd never, I would never leave a gig. Like that's not, I'm not like a quitter. I'm not somebody that's just like, like, I'm not just going to like leave and, you know, let everybody fend for themselves. But I seriously didn't know what to do or like who to turn to. We were at soundcheck. There was nobody in the venue. I didn't really know what to do. Like I just, I drove to my friend's house. Like I was in tears. I just never, ever been treated like that before. Um, And that drummer did not last much longer because just it turns out that he was not a very nice guy to people other than me um but that was like the first time that anything like that had happened um and so then you know like you you move on and you kind of forget about it and you you keep going you know in your life and then like what after we'd started desperate electric which was prior like formerly we were named dash and we were the the four-piece band um i was at a show and we had just played, I'd just gotten off stage and I was standing at the merch table and I had some (laughs) lovely gentleman come up to me and have an entire conversation like centered around asking about the band. He kept saying like, oh, well, where's the band from? Um, I like, I just, I didn't catch their set. I just got here. Um, You know, what kind of music does the band play? Like talking about it, like I wasn't a part of the band and I like, I look, I was wearing like, heeled boots and some like crazy jumpsuit and had on glittery eyeshadow. Like I don't just go out in public like that. He clearly came off the stage. (laughs) Yeah. And after a while he was like, so, um, so do you just like travel around with the band and like sell their merch? Are you like one of the guy's girlfriends or what? And I stood up because I was sitting on a stool and I had like, I was like, excuse me. And he was like, yeah, like, do you just do this? Like, are you with, are you someone's girlfriend? And I was like, I'm the lead singer of this band. Like I'm the singer. Like, I don't know why you would assume just because I'm sitting at the merch table that I'm just somebody's girlfriend. Yeah. Or just 
the or merch girl or you know the merch girl but like the fact that somebody and that guy like he I don't even think like that guy is wrong I think it's just like the stigma that there's not girls aren't in bands you know girls are pop stars girls are you know like they're not there's not a lot of girls in bands um and so just the fact that that's like that was that guy's assumption and he he felt really bad he like he didn't even know what to do and I was like I'm the lead singer of this band <laughs> like he, he felt horrible I mean I don't even know who this was like a rando person I didn't I have no idea who this was um but then even like the fact that that's the stigma, like that it's not assumed that women could be in bands and it's definitely assumed that they're not going to play an instrument. Like on our most recent tour that we finished, um, in February, we were on the road from January 2nd to like February 13th. And like the last show of the tour, we were in Colorado and I was hauling my amp and my bass on stage. And the sound guy looked at me and seriously asked me whose bass that was. Like he looked at me, he was like, Hey, whose bass is that? I was carrying it on stage. I was like, mine? Like there's only two of us. Like who else is we? Like, (laughs) like, I'm just like, he just assumed that a girl is not going to play bass, that a girl is not going to play an instrument. Because I think that that is assumed by a lot of people. Um, but for in my uh, experience, the, the women I know that are in bands and that front bands are much better musicians. Like, percentage-wise, like, I think females are much, if they do play an instrument or they do front a band, they're amazing. Like, nine times out of ten, they're incredible. Like, we play with a lot of, female fronted bands or bands with female players and at like they're all amazing like truly incredible musicians great singers great players and I think that that's that also just is a testament to like how much harder women have to work in the music industry to even get noticed because if like as a singer as a female singer you have to be like amazing or people think you literally suck and for guys, the bar is so much lower. Like I know so many, so many men, so many guys that sing in bands and just, you know, hardly croak it out. I just, and they, people love it. They love it. But a girl sings one wrong note and they're like, oh, she's terrible. And it just, the double standard to me is just like, it's been something that I've never seen before, but it makes the women better. Like every band I know that has a female singer or a female singer and player of an instrument or just player, they're amazing. And I think that that's really, that's the thing that's cool about it is even though like we're all fighting this very strange discrimination, which, cause to me, like the music industry is progressive, right? Like, we're we're open we're welcoming like you can be whoever you want to be like music is about making the music you want to make and being your full self but then like the you know the 50 year old sound guys like whose bass is that i don't know whose else would it be sir (laughs) oh my gosh that that kind of stuff it does happen like more often than you would think because it happens at all. Like the fact that it happens at all is just crazy because if I was doing another job, I'm, there's definitely other industries where this happens, but you know, the music industry, to me, it's strange that it happens in the music industry because it is like, I would say a progressive industry. It's not, I don't, I don't even know what to compare it to, but I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, I like, I think you made a good point where, um, you know, that the double standard, um, I was going to say, you know, it's it's definitely a different standard for, for men and women. And the other thing too is, you know, I feel like sometimes, especially when it's an artist or you're, you're in a band, you really have to watch what you say and what you put on social. And, um, you know, otherwise, you know, people are going to come back and say something. Whereas if it's, you know, a man, they're not going to say the same thing. Um, they're not going to pay as much attention. It's just, you know, and I think it's because, especially in, in certain genres, you know, if you're a woman in a band, it's it's not, 
you know, I'll, I'll go to a lot of, um, you know, you know, punk rock or, you know, pop punk shows. And, um, there's one band that I, I really like and they, when they go on tour, at least the last two times they've come to Los Angeles, they've brought a supporting band that is either fronted by women or has women in it. Yeah. And it's really cool to see them on stage and, and to see that, you know, this, you know, headliner really supports women in music. Um, but at the same time, it's still like, you know, you kind of watch and it's, you can tell, you know, that they're very good at, at what they do. One was, um, there was one, um, was a violinist and then the other was, um, the, the singer was the, the front woman. Um, and then I, I want to say she had a bass player, a female bass player too. So, um, but at the same time, like, you know, a lot of other, you know, bands go on tour and it's all the entire tour is male. Yeah. And you're just no, kind of like, oh, okay. I'm really lucky. <laughs> yeah. I'm really lucky that, um, Ben, Ben, I always tell everybody, Ben's a really good feminist. Um, he, he does a great <laughs> job because he's realized it too. I like just by going through this experience with me, like he's, it's really opened his eyes because he's always been in bands with guys, you know, like that's the norm. And then being in a band with me, he sees it firsthand, you know, like he sees those interactions and he's like, what? Because he would never do that or say he's, you know, I, like I said, he's a good feminist. And so when we're booking tours and if we have to find our own local support or we're trying to find a band to play with, like Ben seeks out the bands with female players or that are female fronted because he'll, he just straight up says like, they're going to be better. Like 90% of the time they're going to be better than any other, like, you know, five piece rock band. That's all dudes. Like if there's a girl in that band, she's going to be great. And so I feel really lucky that he recognizes that and then works hard to, you know, not be a part of the problem. Like he's trying to solve it. We play with so many amazing female bands. Like I just, it's crazy. It's, I, it's so cool, but it's just the fact that it's not the norm makes me sad because they're also great. Like it should be the norm, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I know that's great to have that kind of support too. Um, I've been lucky to have a lot of great male colleagues who just fully support everything, you know, podcasts and the business and all that. And in my career too, and, and really, you know, help me to get to where I am. And when you have that kind of support, you know, it, it makes, it's not that it makes it easier, but you just, I guess you kind of feel better. You, you do. know, you don't feel like you're, you're struggling as much and, you know, and they kind of, in some instances, I think they kind of keep, keep that negativity away. Right. You know, they, they, you know, present it as, you know, we're supporting women and, um, you know, a lot of those other people who don't will kind of stay away at that point. So. No, I've been really lucky. I mean, most, all the people that we work with on a regular basis and like my male friends and like our friend, you know, Nevada that, um, recorded our record with us and, a lot of the friends we play music with they're they are so supportive of me and the other women they know in the industry. Like, I think that that's what it takes. And it just feels so like, that's what it should be. It's just everybody working together, you know, like it just yeah. needs to be like a level playing field and everybody supporting everybody. Cause I want, you know, it's like music is art. I want everybody to make music. Like if that's what speaks to you and that's the thing that like makes your heart, go crazy like and that's your dream like I want everybody to feel like they have an equal opportunity to do that and to be great at it and to do that you need a support system you need that web and you need those people to lift you up both men and women Um, yeah and so I've been really lucky to have that like I definitely feel so supported that those few instances where you know the guy comes up to the march table and asks you know where's the band or whatever it may, or whose base is that, like those few times that that's happened, like that's insane. But the majority of the time, it's like people are nothing but supportive and like lift me up and lift the other women in their lives up. And I think that as long as we keep creating that culture and just keep like spreading that, it's going to get better. I think it already is so much, I mean, it's already so much better than it was like before I was alive and 10 years ago, like, there's so many, I have discovered like so many other female bass players. Like, I feel like we're a part of this club that probably nobody else knows about except me in my head. But like, it's just <laughs> cool. You know? Like, it's just a cool thing. Like, 
we've met so many great like female guitarists and drummers like it's just cool like but I just want girls to feel more included to do that because I think that because I just started playing bass like a year ago and I think I probably would have played an instrument or played in a band if there were other girls doing it like when I was growing up but there was like nobody that I saw in my life on a regular basis that you know that was even a thing like there was right, no, yeah like badass lady bass player like just taking over the world when I was a 10 year old you know it was something something boys did and if I had wanted to do that like my family would have been nothing but supported supportive of me but it also because there was no like role model for that it wasn't something that I even like recognized that I could be doing and I probably would have done it like it's probably something I would have been interested in years ago but then, you know, I just, I didn't. And then you grow up and you're like, well, I'm, you know, it's hard to want to like learn a new yeah. skill unless you are forced to because your band doesn't have a bass player. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. as long as we work to make that the status quo and just like be role models for other people and, you know, men and women supporting everybody, like it, everybody just needs to be supportive. It's, this is, we're making art. Like we're not, you know, this, it's not some crazy competition, you know, who, my horse is bigger than yours. It's just like, we're all making art and everybody should feel like they can do that, you know, and they feel supported to do that in whatever capacity they want. Exactly. And, and, you know, I think, I think one day we'll get there and, um, you know, I think the communities that we create, even if, like you said, they are kind of in your head, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, whether, whether they're, you know, in person eventually again, or online or, or however we, 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 we gather them, you know, including everybody in the conversation and, and, you know, men and women. And, and one day we'll get to where this isn't even a topic anymore. Right. Where, you know, everybody just supports everybody. Um, yeah. But yeah, so wrapping up here a little bit, um, do you have any resources, uh, tools, or anything you'd recommend for other women looking to start uh, in the industry as either a touring musician or, you know, starting their own band, becoming an artist? I'd say just find your, find your people, like find your support system, you know, like we were just talking about, like, I think that something that I would have liked like a year ago, even or two years ago is just like, and I mean, I live in Montana, so my pool's a lot smaller and I'm not blaming Montana. There's just a lot less. <laughs> but, um, you know, like, don't be afraid to reach out to people who are doing it like that. For me, that was a, a, something that I was really fearful of for a long time was to like, there's this amazing band from Portland and they just seemed we love them and we've opened for them and they just seem larger than life, you know, cause they're incredible and they're great musicians. Um, but you know, and so you feel like you can't, you feel like you, you can't reach out and be that person that's like, Hey, like, can you tell me about your experience with this? Like, can you, you know, give any insight, give any like tips on how to navigate this? Like I, for a long time, I was really fearful of doing that. And then one day I just did. And, it's just, it's been like the greatest thing in my life. Like people aren't ever going to be upset at you for reaching out. Like, I don't know that, you know, who like Frank Ocean or Demi Lovato, they're probably not going to get back to you, but peers, like people that are doing what you want to do, but are like five steps ahead of you. Like those people, they're not like, you know, they may seem really successful and they, they are successful, but like, I've had great experiences being like, Hey, will you help me? Like, talk to me about this. Like, tell me about your life. Tell me about what you're doing and having that support and community and just like somebody's ear to like talk to and be like, Oh my gosh, this crazy thing is happening. Or we don't quite know how to navigate this or like, Oh, have you, what's been your experience with management or, you know, like traveling with an audio engineer, like things like that we haven't done yet or, like things that we're not experienced with, but somebody that is doing that, like reach, like just ask people because a lot of times, like even I, like I feel, I end up feeling really alone in this, which is just silly. Like there's so many people that are willing to help, help other people. Like I would be willing to help anybody. I just, you know, nobody, I think just finding your group because it can be really daunting. Like it can be really to be like, okay, I want to strike out and I want to be a touring musician. 
but there's no rule book. There's no way to like learn about this. And the whole industry is like this crazy crapshoot and it's super daunting. Like that, like, how, you know, like that seems so crazy and it doesn't really seem attainable. But if you just like, don't be afraid to just like reach out to those people that you look up to in your communities. Um, Cause that's been huge for me, like in, in my life, just to like talk to like the other women that I know do this and men as well, like guys in bands that I know that I really respect. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, this is crazy. Like we're in this town and did you guys experience this or what, you know, it's just been super helpful. Yeah. And there's a lot of um, online groups too, like on Facebook and that I know, um, you know, the free groups that you can just join uh, for women in the industry. And, and, you know, I've seen in there a lot of, Hey, like I'm working on this you know, can someone take a look at it? Or, you know, like you, you said, what's your experience with, you know, this? Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's available for you too, where, you know, especially if you're, you're just starting out, you don't have that community built up yet. Um, there is, you know, like we were talking earlier, you know, there's so many online tools now um, and so many more ways, especially right now to connect with people online. Yeah. Um, even, even on like, you know, Instagram, find somebody on there and, and just kind of reach out to them if, if, you know, you see they do something that you like. So, oh, I mean, we found um, like, but, we, we found a band that we play with in Northern California, like through an Instagram hashtag search. And they like, they've become some of our best friends. They've introduced us to tons of amazing people that are like, that's, they bring a ton of value to our lives and we love them. Like, you know, it's just, you just have to reach out. That's all it is. And if you like, if they don't respond, like who cares, you know, just reach out, find someone else. And you know, if they're doing something you want to do, ask them how they're doing it. You know, it's not going to hurt them to tell you what they're doing. Like it's not going to negate everything they've done to share. Right. It's not a trade secret. (laughs) No, no, no. that's, That's the one thing that's helped me. I think more than anything is just like finding, especially like other women and then like swapping notes. I've got some really close lady musician friends and they're one of the biggest blessings in my life. They're just amazing. And it's so nice to just be able to like talk to them because you're going through similar things or they've gone through it or whatever. And it's just like, that's a saving grace for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, one more question. Well, actually two. Um, the first one, uh, do you have any favorite books, podcasts, artists that really inspire you and inspire your music? Mm. Oh my gosh. That's, that's such a hard question. I feel like it changes all the time. Um, especially with music. Like I just, I love all music. Like I don't think there's one type of music that I don't at least appreciate, you know? Um, yeah, I'm the same way. I, you know, there's certain genres that I'm not particular I don't lean to but yeah like I'm not um, gonna go appreciate the art live and in concert but I can totally appreciate everybody's art and like you know I yeah. like to listen to it because I think that that's it's like homework for me you know listening to music it's like all right what what's happening in this genre <laughs> yeah what's you know what's going on um I don't know I've read a ton of like biographies and autobiographies of like especially like women musicians from you know like the 70s 80s like those eras and I love those inspire me so much you know like just reading about other people's experiences or like you know watching documentaries or whatever especially if the band has women in them and just like seeing what everybody went through because at the end of the day like people in the music industry are all pretty much going through the same thing just on different scales and so to be able to relate to somebody like that that has had a really successful career just like really like fuels my fire, like, you know, whatever that may be, like watching the Beyonce homecoming documentary on Netflix. Like if I need a mood booster or I need to get fired up to get a lot of work done, I just throw that on. And it is just like, I am unstoppable. <laughs> like those kinds of things, like watching like a female be like so powerful and just like work her butt off, like whoever it is and just attain so much success and be such a great performer and um musician it's just like that's so inspiring so just like finding I don't know I list like my friends I listen to my friends music that's honestly one of the things that inspires me the most is like listening to the music that my friends are making because that's you know 
those are people that are close to me and those are their, their thoughts and their feelings. And so hearing that, I think that that's something that always has made me, that makes me want to create more is listening to friends. Yeah. And I definitely agree. There's, I have a couple, um, biographies on my list to, to, to get and to dive into. Um, but you know, just being able to see that it's possible, you know, no matter, you know, and that, and that people start from the same place, you know, most people, you know, start with no connections and, um, you know, some people are lucky to have, you know, family maybe in the industry beforehand, but a lot of people just start from the same place and build it up. And then you can see what, what's possible in your career. Yep. It's so true. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, last question before we go, um, where can my listeners find you, find your music, um, connect with you? Yeah. Um, so you can follow the band on Instagram at Desperate Electric. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram, which is at Katie Cordy. Um, you can listen to our music anywhere you stream music, you know, iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Amazon, we're on there. You just search Desperate Electric and our whole catalog comes up. We just released our new record. You can also check out our website, desperateelectric.com. Um, so far, I think we're the only thing named that. Like I, you know, so you'll, you'll pretty much find us no matter what. All right. Awesome. I'll link to all those in the show notes. So, uh, my listeners can find you. That sounds and great. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. This was a great conversation. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the broken glass podcast. If you like the show and want to know more, visit www.brokenglassmediallc.com subscribe to the podcast and don't forget to leave a review. Join me each week to hear new stories, learn all about the tools and resources available to you, and get tips for building a career in music. If you're interested in becoming part of a community of supportive women in music, join our secret community on Facebook at the Broken Glass Collective.